All right, welcome to another Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast as we head towards the regular season, getting in a last few guests because during the season we don't have time for guests, but very special new guest here today for a couple reasons. Um, I don't know that we kept stats, but you probably are undoubtedly the youngest guest we've ever had on <laughs> for a Pro Football Doc podcast. And maybe one of the most accomplished guests to let everyone know, Kevin Walsh is someone that I met through the Scott Fishbowl 13 Fanta division draft. And I really only do one draft and I like doing the Scott Fishbowl. You meet some cool people. And Kevin was just an interesting guy that I met intriguing. He's got like a million followers on TikTok. He does a lot of great content. So uh, Kevin, uh, welcome to the Pro Football Doc podcast. Oh, Dr. Chow, thank you so much for having me on. I uh, am so excited. I'm, and I was so glad that we got in the same Scott Fishbowl division because it led to you reaching out to me. We we're able to bridge that gap between you being a huge Twitter <laughs> guy because I am not big on Twitter. And I and you were able to talk some Twitter game with me being a big TikTok guy. So I'm um, excited to talk football and I'm glad uh, it brought us together. Well, first of all, like, you know, I know you're big time because I've seen some of your stuff, et cetera, but I didn't know you were glowing. That background is special there. I like it. But yeah. Guys, we got to we got to work on that. You got to improve my <laughs> my glow instead of the shiny forehead, you know, uh, kind of deal. But I'll make a, a funny thing here. Which do you think you've got like a gazillion followers on TikTok? And you're right. Uh, Twitter, I'm bigger on Twitter because it's news, right? That's what I give is injury news. So I'm bigger on Twitter. We Sports Injury Central has a TikTok account. Look, I've seen TikTok. My 10-year-old daughter and now 6-year-old does the little dances. and da, da, da. It's not my world, right? Uh, and uh, But here's a question for everybody. What do you think? If we took followers the combined age of all your followers. So if you have 10, 20 year olds, that's 200 versus the combined age of my Twitter followers, who would have more age years in their following? It might be me because I'm way smaller than you, but my guys are all older, I think, right? I don't know, Twitter's a little bit old. Your TikTok's such a young generational thing. I don't even understand it. Yeah, well, I guess if we think about it, right? Like you're in the 200,000s, I think on Twitter, um it's still you i know it is i'm just it, joking well, <laughs> but if you but if you do divide it if you divide it up your followers might be about four times uh, maybe not four times the age of um of mine but it actually be closer <laughs> than you think i uh, it's totally two different demographics totally and, it yeah this is we could entitle this the world's colliding podcast and uh, one of the reasons doing this besides i'm intrigued and and i actually want to take this opportunity to talk scott fishbowl strategy now that we've drafted you can tell me what your strategy was and i'll share mine but i'm actually just trying to get in with the as a dad trying to get in with the kids right my kids you know he says then they see me with this tiktok star i'm gonna be like you know my <laughs> my ranking will rise in their eyes so that's my true motivation uh for this so uh thanks for coming on show and 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 one of the things we're going to get to at some point and maybe we'll do it at the end, some exciting, fun collaboration things that, that we'll get to, but let's talk Scott fish bowl draft. I have it pulled up here. You were the number one pick right out of the gate. I was number 10 and there's 12 people and there's a tight end premium for people who 
don't know. How many Scott Fish Bowls have you done now? This would be my third Scott Fish Bowl. Nice. And I've had a great time doing it every year, and it's for such a good cause. And I'm hoping this is finally my year to be the, the number one champion. We're hoping for it. <laughs> well, prior to Scott Fishbowl, this is my fourth one. I didn't really, other than a family league where I was drafting for my three-year-old boy-girl twins, and, you know, it was just something that we did. It wasn't a real league. Um, Scott Fishbowl is the, the first one. It's kind of like uh, I've attended uh, four Super Bowl, four games, and they're all Super Bowls. <laughs> I mean, four football games, right? I mean, so I, I was a little bit intimidated i've been lucky so far i will tell you kevin a secret now year one everyone thought i was going zero running backs they're like oh this chow guy's got a zero rb strategy no i just the way the board came and i I don't know i mean i go i've been in nfl draft rooms i haven't really drafted a lot and in the NFL draft rooms, like, let the board come to you. Here's our rankings. Don't overdraft. Don't reach this, that, the other. And every time, like, I think I started drafting running back in the fifth round, and I got sniped. I said, well, they'll be around in the sixth round. There'll be the, the next guy will be there. And then sniped, and then sniped. But I did draft running backs before my starting picks were up. So it wasn't like I devalued running backs where I didn't zero running backs drafting them. I did draft him before as a starter, but just lower down. And I actually was lucky enough to win the league, but then got knocked out after the bye. The next year, I had a zero wide receiver strategy by accident. By accident. By accident. Same thing again. And same thing, got lucky and made it. Last year, I had a unfortunate zero QB strategy. It wasn't my strategy, just where it went. I'm joking. The reason I say zero QB is where I fell late, I ended up with Russell Wilson. Oh, that is basically zero was QB. zero QB. That's zero QB. Let's be <laughs> yeah. honest here. And, 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 you know, when you stack them with, you know, Cortland Sutton and uh, the whole thing, that was, but I was lucky enough to still make the playoffs, not, and, and, but I've not really won any playoff games. So I'm kind of the Marty Schottenheimer right now. So this year I drafted a little bit differently instead of just, I feel like I've made the playoffs. Luckily beginners luck three years in a row. I'm trying to win a playoff game and go somewhere this year. So I think that sort of dominated my draft. I didn't, I drafted a little differently and uh, talking to some fantasy guys, they say, you know, you got to draft differently. It's a different draft to just, be respectable. It's a different draft to draft so that you don't get the booby prize in your league, whatever it is. It's different if you're trying to win the league or win the playoffs, or it's different to try and win Scott Fishbowl. I mean, you got to like get some high boomers to, 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 to make it through the tough playoffs. So that was my strategy. What was your overall thing? Well, my overall strategy I'd say is I do want to win the whole thing. Like I'm not even just trying to win our Fanta division. Like I, I Oh, do. look at that. Okay. I, well, I'm okay with getting last in the Fanta division. If it means giving me a better chance at getting first overall among all the divisions at the end of the season. But my strategy, I've really found that you really can take any strategy because there's so much variance, but I went with the strategy of why the first overall pick. So I'm like, all right, I got to lock up my my stud quarterback, which I did from the jump and got my Josh Allen. But um, from outside of that, 
my plan was to go in with getting a couple decent running backs that I could count on. And then I was going to draft a ton of rookie running backs after that. So um, I kind of went a little risky where uh, those running backs are going to have to stay healthy. Those two that I drafted at the top, if they don't, my season's probably done, but if they do, and I also can have one of those rookies that I drafted late um, end up being, let's say a top 24 running back this season, then um, I'll have all the good receivers and decent enough tight ends uh, to get me by. So your draft went Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, uh, St. Brown, uh, Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Watson, uh, and then uh, uh, Jordan Love, Tyler Higbee, Matt Jones, Achani, Achain, Achani. I don't know. Yeah, Devin Achain. Yeah. Chain. Yeah. Then Laporta, who I like, uh, tight yeah. end, et cetera. So you got some some good guys there. Um, yeah, my strategy is still clearly lacking because, you know, I do realize now after the draft, and it's too late now after the draft, that if you really, if I really wanted to win playoffs, I should pay more attention to the playoff weeks, what players, right? Because once you get in, but I made no consideration for who was playing who in round in week 15 or 16. Yeah. So I still am not that advanced in my drafting ability. Uh, I didn't, you know, figure out the, okay, you try to avoid multiple buys in the same week. Sure. I got that. You need buy coverage. I got that. But for this Scott fishbowl, you got to really look at the playoff weeks and say, if you make it there, who are the guys with good matchups in those weeks to make it? And I didn't look at that at all. So uh, maybe I won't go that far this year. So I started with um, first, I was pick number 10. So by the time it got to me, I mean, it went Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, tight end premium league, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert. And then I was like, okay, I know I need a quarterback, you know, with the, and one that does a lot of completions. And I knew, honestly, it came down to Trevor Lawrence or Christian McCaffrey. And I ended up with Christian McCaffrey because I said, he's a little bit of a unicorn. He can kind of do it all. And, you know, maybe I can still get a pretty good quarterback on the, on the quick turn there. So I passed on Trevor Lawrence, took Christian McCaffrey, the first running back taken in the draft. Uh, and uh, then it went Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, then came back around Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler. And then at that point, I was like, I got to take a quarterback. And so Deshaun Watson expecting or hoping that he gets back to his form previous form this year uh now with the browns so we'll see what happens i think that's uh the thing that i like about what you did taking christian mccaffrey is you could say there's always a lot of risk taking a running back that high but to win the scott fishbowl things kind of got to go your way when it comes to the luck and christian mccaffrey has the ability to be the highest point getter of all the players in the scott fishbowl if he stays healthy and plays 17 games this year. So I like that strategy. I'm, I think that was smart to take McCaffrey. Well, once again, I mean, I'm not a guy. I, I don't know about you. I don't do mock drafts. I don't do any. I mean, so I didn't have like a list of things. I just said, okay, where's the board at? And, and McCaffrey just stood out to me, right? So I went McCaffrey and then uh, round two was uh, with Deshaun Watson. 
Then I came back after the long turn round three with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, and um, just thought he would have a bounce back year, or, you know, a big year in, in New York. And then uh, next was uh, Travis Etienne. And then in a tight end premium league, thought it was worth it to take Darren Waller because didn't think he had any health issues to be worried about with the Giants and uh, might become a Daniel Jones favorite. Then Jerry Judy, Drake London based on talent, tight end premium, thought Pry Pat Fryermuth had some value. And then I drafted Kadarius Tony before he tore his meniscus because our draft is so early. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but I think he'll be back. Uh, Dalton, he's just going to miss all this preseason time where he could become Patrick Mahomes' favorite guy. I thought he had the most, once again, upside, right? Um, yeah. And that's kind of what I was drafting. Dalton Kincaid, who I love. Uh, and then uh, Jamal Williams. Odell Beckham, who I like for a bounce back. Remember, it's been two yeah. years since his ACL, basically. Two years. Yeah, and so it should be good. Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, some coverage and good. Then Lazard, Gallup, Gus Edwards. And then I think I really got a steal down low in uh, Luke Musgrave. I think he's going to do something this year. And so who knows? I might end up playing uh, three or four tight ends in a given week. <laughs> I think your tight ends are going to be really good uh in that premium i mean i almost wish we could trade in this league because you're gonna be you're gonna have waller and kincaid and musgrave you might have too many good for good guys but luckily you'll be able to throw them in the flex if they're doing really well well that's that's the thing we'll see if they're they're gonna be worthy of going into the flex uh that's gonna be the the issue i, I right now i'm kind of planning on it yeah. <laughs> based on on the the lineup that i draft but We'll see. We'll see where where this goes. Maybe this new strategy of of uh, you know uh, uh, trying to win. I'm like I'm not like you've got aspirations of winning the whole thing. I'm looking at it this way. Look, I've I've won the division, uh, but I haven't won in the playoffs. So I mean, I've only made it to the second round in the playoffs because of the bye, okay, <laughs> and then got knocked out. So I haven't made it very far in the playoffs. So maybe if I can make a little bit of a playoff run, I'll be happy. Uh, with the drafting or maybe this strategy will take me out of even making the playoffs because, you know, I'm more boom bust in, in some of the picks that I've made. Yeah, that's right. Now, should I, uh, should I be concerned with Amon Ross St. Brown? I don't think I'm super concerned. seems like he's, he's back at practice now or at least soon. No, but you understand. Yeah. A lot of this practice stuff, the question is, are they really injured or, or are they just being cautious? Right. Everyone is so cautious nowadays. Sure. I mean, you know, uh, they cancel preseason games because someone went off on a spine board because they're being cautious. Why? And they're being cautious. They're canceling to, uh, you know, uh, joint practices. They're, you know, anyone that has anything, it's it's abundance of caution. Get them ready for the regular season. So I don't make a lot of that. Okay. I mean, in your lineup, look, I don't hide anything. And look, who, what do I know? Look, I was very down on J.K. Dobbins last year. And yep. uh and he even clapped back at me on Twitter, kind of like uh, Jalen Ramsey did recently, <laughs> yeah. you know. But, but I'll, I'll, look, the Jalen Ramsey thing, here's what I, I said publicly to Jalen Ramsey on Twitter. I said, look, if anything, I'm setting you up to be a hero. If you don't come back at all, look, Pro Football Doc already said it's very tough for this defensive back reaction meniscus repair. Adrian Peterson struggled doing it, so no big deal. If he comes back in December, 
he's a hero and 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 he's himself jalen ramsey not just plays but plays him, himself if he does in november he's a bigger hero so i don't think it's anything bad i'm not negative on anybody even for jk dobbins last year it's a multi-ligament injury i don't see him doing well last year and his futures bet was was an easy one. And, of course, he had the early season knee scope. And he had some good games at the end of the season, but he still wasn't himself. And I haven't looked at enough film yet on J.K. Dobbins this year, but I don't love injuries that carry over from one year to the next, which his already did. And so unless he makes a jump, there still be maybe some small residual carryover on him. That's probably the only – one health-wise I'd be concerned about. But, you know, guys think at the Scott Fishbowl that uh, I know more. Look, I don't hide anything. You go to SICscore.com, you, you got all the opinions. I, I don't hide any of the opinions that that I have, uh, et cetera. Yeah, I, um, that's some good insight, though, because Dobbins I'm, I'm a little concerned about just because I think he could necessarily not have that explosiveness and he's going to rely more on getting a lot of carries and Gus Edwards is still there. So he's going to have to truly be explosive if I need it. And, 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 and this will be, an, this will be an interesting one. Maybe we can have, what do you think? Okay. I drafted Gus Edwards. Did you, oh, you drafted Gus Edwards? Yes. I drafted Gus Edwards. I didn't realize I was, you know, uh, you know, uh, ambulance chasing you, but um I drafted Gus Edwards in the 10th round. I think. Yes. I'm looking here. Was it 10th round? No, much lower than 10th round. In the 16th round, I drafted Gus Edwards. 1610 is where okay. I drafted Gus Edwards. And the reason why I drafted him down there is I'm not sure about Dobbins. Uh, and Gus Edwards had a down year. But this is now his second year off an ACL. What happened to Saquon Barkley his second year off of ACL? Yep. Had a pretty good season last year after a lot of people were done with him. So it was someone who fell to me on the board. I felt like in the 16th round, you know, especially with Dobbins, maybe not 100% still and maybe not explosive that he might have a bounce back, Gus Edwards. So that's kind of where we are. Okay, so if we have a friendly wager... You took Dobbins in the sixth round. I took Gus Edwards in the sixteenth round. What even yards? No, that's not fair. Can't be. I don't know. Yards. Something. <laughs> A Twinkie. No, I don't know. I mean, just for fun, right? I don't know. Uh, well, let's do it as um, whichever one outperforms their ADP. So, if okay. J.K. Dobbins was the twenty-first running back taken, and Gus Edwards was the let's say the 40th running back taken, whichever one um, does better than where they were drafted, finishes on the season. Like if J.K. Dobbins finishes his RB15, that means he did better. If he finishes RB25, it means he did worse. And we'll see we, We'll see who did better. All right. Okay. I got the wager here. Okay. <laughs> the wager will be, it'll tie in. Look, we're still talking and, and getting to know each other, but we're, we're going to do a, some fun things this year together. And maybe let's tie our wager into uh, the fun promotion. That's assuming I make it out there. Okay, so this is in your backyard, yeah. so it's a little yeah. unfair. But a little unfair. When we're to when we get together in person for the first time, it's for a beer or a hot dog or a something. Okay, let's do that's it. That's an easy one. And and 
what we're planning on guys and, and i'll let you announce it to your crew but by the way for my guys kevin walsh nfl he's big on youtube he does a lot of good stuff on youtube we have six score at youtube too sports injury central at youtube but on tiktok it's kevin walsh nfl so if any of my old fogey followers or the new younger ones want to hop on tiktok follow kevin walsh nfl we're gonna do some promotions and one of the things you're in ohio columbus so cleveland's very close and the hottest team this year so far especially with hard knocks is the jets right in terms of interest and yes i have aaron Rodgers, you know <laughs> so i'm and, and this is before hard knocks that we drafted so maybe i am drinking the kool-aid um a little bit but i'm he's certainly um more engaged this year with the jets than he has been recently with the packers right and you see his personality coming out. The Jets play in Cleveland late season on Thursday night football. And I know you go to games and different things. I think our, our promotion that you'll get out to your audience is I'm going to try and go family, you know, you know, whatever, no promises yet. And if I do, that's when the bet payoff will be for the hot dog or a beer. But you're going to do a little promotion where you'll be there on the sidelines pregame and we're going to give away a couple of tickets including sideline passes and they can join you on the field before the game maybe me we'll see cleveland's a long way to go we'll see uh, but that'll be the, the the potential bet payoff so uh, a couple of sideline passes and tickets to that thursday night game home game for the browns against the jets in your backyard i think that'll be a fun Sports Injury Central, Kevin Walsh promotion, and and hopefully we'll do some other fun things this year too. Yeah, I am I am really looking forward to it, and I think for me, um, one thing that works out well too is that um, TikTok promotes more of my videos to people who might live closer to me. So I think I find that my reach is almost greater in like the state of Ohio as well. So oh, cool! I think we'll find that a lot of people will be interested in being able to they'll be able to drive to the game and be able to meet me me there meet us there um we'll see i i understand with the um i was checking that the game is i think december 28th so it's right at that like holiday time so people maybe are off work or school or whatever and and it's a thursday game that's the only reason it could work for me if it were a sunday game it'd be no way that's why we picked that game and the other one is because it's late season and holiday. I don't know. I, obviously, if we were around Christmas, I wouldn't be able to do it with the little kids. But maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I don't want my wife to see this. She goes, what about that ski trip we were going to do? Exactly. And, hey, I totally understand if, it, if you can't make it happen. Because regardless, I think it'll be, it'll be fun to be able to give that experience to um, some fans of um, Six Central and also um, – my uh my socials as well i think i think we'll be able to help some people out and just have a good time at the game no that'd be fun so what do you got coming this year i know you got a lot of fun things uh planned this year yeah so this year i'm planning to go to a game every single week and i'm planning on going to every monday night football game so uh, i'm really looking forward to it because last year i went to um, a game every week and I had a great time doing it. I was very busy because I was uh, still in school at Ohio State at the time. 
So I was really making it uh, work and my teachers probably didn't like me for that one. Uh, but luckily I'm done now. So uh, I'm going to go every single week to Monday Night Football. We're going to be making content from the game, asking fans questions, show them what it's like to be at the games, just trying to make some interactive content just to bring the NFL community together. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because that'll be some more in real life content to also uh, pair with my typical videos that I make um, here at my desk with my pink purple light behind me, which everyone <laughs> loves so much. So um, it's going to be a busy season. It's going to be my first year doing this um, kind of. That's uh, awesome. I, I mean, he, you time. and I are in some ways, I think what drew me to you is we're, we're, we're having some fun, but we're kind of the opposite. Like I don't, I've got content, i.e. just the injury information and just from being in the league and, and doing the injury analysis, but we don't know how to really present it very well. You have incredible content that you just whip up out of thin air, and I'm very impressed with how you do it. So uh, I think this will be fun uh, doing some things together a little bit here, and uh, we'll have some fun. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a side wager on a, the finish this year on uh, Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> I like that. I like that. 13. I think yeah. One other thing I was thinking about too is I think what makes what we do so different a little bit is that the TikTok videos and the short form videos that I make, uh, they take me about, you know, two or three hours to make. And oh, wow. so as soon as I see some news and I want to make a video on it, the unfortunate part is it has to be some sort of news that is okay to post two to three hours late. Right. And I think the nature of why what you do as the pro football doc and why you've really grown a great following on Twitter is people are wanting that information ASAP. And I think you've probably felt that a lot. You're trying to get on the news as fast as you can. So in the ideal world, I think with how competitive TikTok starting to get, um, I think it takes time to um, you're better off kind of spending more time on those videos, making them um, trying to focus on, quality over everything. Um, whereas Twitter is more like, it's more about that information. It's more about the news. No, and, 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 and you know, we, we have this internal thing. I'll give you an example. Um, when Joe Burrow went down July 27th, you know, I'm fortunate to have a team of great guys. Two of them are in the room right now, Taylor and Jacob, they'll join on the podcast in a second. Sure. They send me the video and Twitter video and video of Joe Burrow going down. And so they're texting me saying, DEFCON 1, Joe Burrow went down. And I'm looking at video. So we put out very early and quickly, while the Bengals practice is still finishing up, don't worry, he got carted off. But a lot of people get carted off. It's a calf strain. He'll be okay in the big picture. And normally, Zach Taylor doesn't say anything about injuries. And we're like, oh, good. We're going to have a lot of run with this. Because when people don't know, our information is really good in game or whatever or when the coach on monday says we don't know or after the game says we don't know we get longer runtime because we're the only information out there or in game when it's everyone is just questionable we're the only one out there but zach taylor came out like half an hour later and said it was a calf strain i was like <laughs> our stuff is like nobody cares they want to hear from zach taylor but we did think it was more than a grade one. We said yeah. it was going to miss most of the, all of the preseason. That's come true. We said it was grade two. So there's some nuances in our injury analysis, but this is actually why we love, and maybe it's an idea for you too. So after the game, the coach speaks, 
then it's kind of a little bit of dead time until Monday morning when the coach speaks again. But then there's dead time until Wednesday. So where our information becomes very valuable looking ahead is when the coach doesn't say anything on Monday and says we're still working it out. Or when certain coaches are heavily doing coach speak, like Lamar Jackson for the final four weeks of the last two seasons, every week his head coach would say, he's looking better this week. We think he might practice Wednesday. We'll see about Friday. See he was going to go. And we're like, he's not playing this week. And, you know, and of course, four weeks in a row that happened this year and last year for Lamar Jackson between the foot and the, the knee issue the last two seasons. So we do injury analysis and we can uh, interpret coach speak for people. But usually our early week windows are the best. And the other ones would be, Obviously, the guy's questionable on Friday to play. Is he going to play? Is he not? Or is he just red zone targets or whatever? And the other thing that we advise people to do is it's not always just about the health of the two running backs that you're trying to decide between. It can be about the health of their offensive line or the health of the run defense they're playing against that week. Not just how good is their run defense, how good is the – health of that run defense you're facing this week because it changes right if aaron donald's not there it changes right and that's where our field view and sick data comes into play with what's uh what's going on so like i said we have lots of content we just can't present it in the slick style that you do which is pretty pretty cool uh love this kevin anything else you want to say before we let you go i know your time's tight here no not much more to say i think um I'm excited for the season. I think it'll be fun. You guys should definitely be on the lookout for a possible collaboration for this uh, Browns-Jets game towards the end of the year. And um, if you want to check out any of my socials, uh, it's Kevin Walsh on, what would it be? Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. If you, if you want to be uh, up to date on everything going on around the league and um, hear a little bit about my opinion and what I think about what's going on, uh, definitely check me out. Well, if you post something from this on TikTok, I will be sure to show it to my kids because it will raise my standing in life. <laughs> you need some more street cred, right? There yeah, with the kids. Right now, they're just like, oh, dad with another dad joke next. You know, so oh, no, I need more street cred. Help me out here. More street uh, cred. There we go. All right. Thanks so much, Kevin. Appreciate you. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with part two of the Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. All right, welcome back to part two of this week's Pro Football Doc podcast, Sports Injury Central. What do you guys think of Kevin Walsh? I think he's, I think he's a good kid. He's kid. I'm calling him a kid. <laughs> he is a kid to me. He's what 22 or something like that. I'd like to say school. he's a kid to us too, just because we're we're uh, technology averse for that. That we we were Twitter. We were raised I mean, on Twitter. That, we were that, raised that, on Twitter. That, TikTok, that so. I mean, oh, but you know, yeah. he said something interesting there takes him two to three hours to make a TikTok video. To me, it looks just like he did spontaneously. Yeah. But I think that's the beauty of it. That's so prepared. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. perfect, but it looks spontaneous. Yeah. Right? I mean, I thought that's it. That interesting. Well, some of his popular said. ones, he go, goes back for clips. Like he has one of people flipping into the end zone that got pretty popular on TikTok. So he mm-hmm. has to go back, find all those clips and cut them up and do the sound with it too. No, he's so. putting in the legwork yeah. and you're, you can, you don't, you don't always tell doc, right? Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely yeah, putting it in. New world for me, TikTok. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our world too, trust me. Yeah. 
All right, what do we got this week? Let's chat. Fantasy football's coming around the corner. Big drafts for most people coming around the Stats corner. Stats are going to start accumulating, yep. I know you got the preseason injury preview up there. Go to SICscore.com to get it. It's kind of that time's it's time. Do your research. And we are continually, we can talk about here, updating some of the uh, six scores, preseason, season-long six scores. And soon we'll populate week one of field views and everything else and sick data. Last week we talked about all the different things. So where do you want to go first, Jacob? Yeah, you can head to the website for the Fantasy Toolkit. Fantasy Football Toolkit has all our articles up there. We're going to have uh, players, six scores up there, break, broken down by quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, probably the big news of the week internally is that Javante Williams jump 11 points and six score from 47 to 58 because he's playing in preseason. It, it, that's uh that's an achievement in and of itself but again not not jumping him to 80 90 range not 100 healthy running back hats off to him 56 percent of the first team snaps as well yeah. i would have been wrong i would have thought he would have been a six-week pup guy but you have to understand there's still a chance right he could be a six-week ir guy pup significance has changed completely how is it's it very lax yeah no before pup was the only way to park a guy for six weeks and bring them back for the rest of the mm -hmm. season because ir was a one-way street so the pups were very valuable now the pups are less valuable why because javante williams i'm not wishing him ill will you can get him in practice Get him with the new coach, with the new system. And if his knee swells up again, you can put him on IR and you still get him back after the six weeks because it's an unlimited number of designated to return spots after six weeks. It used to be no return. Then it became one player and then two player. Now, you can't, in theory, put a guy on injured reserve and bring him back for an injury from the previous season. But all you have to do is say there's a new injury. Right? New knee swelling. There's yeah. new knee swelling. Yeah. And then they would out. qualify for injured reserve. Right. So basically, this is a free chance to practice Javante Williams and Brees Hall. Okay. I'm not saying they're going to go on IR or whatever, but that option remains open. In the past, it was we have to be sure because we don't want to carry them for a number of weeks on the roster and we don't want to put them on IR and lose them for the year. So it's worth it to do PUP and let them practice on the side. Now it's more worth it. Let's incorporate them into the practice and see how they're doing. Right. With two guys going into new offenses too. Just about to say that. OCs, That's exactly yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. New OCs, the whole deal. Yeah. And so it's less valuable. So we did jump Javante Williams based on the fact that, he seems headed to be on the active roster. And that 47 included potentially six weeks of PUP. So now he's at 58. You jumped him 11. But I still don't think he's at his ADP. Right. I still don't think he's there. I, it's a multi-ligament injury. J.K. Dobbins, same thing last year. That's why we were down on J.K. Dobbins. Not J.K. Dobbins, the person, down on his injury. And obviously statistical output, he had a yeah, knee, yeah. knee scope and during the season, whatever. Javante Williams, so far, I'll hand it to him. He's out 
outpaced what I thought. We're the ones who in game said that was more than ACLs, ACL and LCL. That's come out now. So it's a multi-ligament. That's kind of why we're a little bit, not down on him, but saying he's being overdrafted, too much hype uh, right there. And I did review, um, there's a guy from Football Guys, I forget his name. He put up all the, I didn't have him watch all the preseason games, but he cut up all the touches of, Javante Williams pass pro anything yeah pass pro and 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 going down the pass pattern all his runs so glad to see him out there but he doesn't look dynamic off that one leg he did not make any distinctive cuts including late in the game or later in that series of of his final carries yeah Yeah. one of his final carries you needed a one plant cut and he switched feet I mean he did not do it and so I the game of the NFL is so hard. If you're not close to 100%, you're going to get exposed. And I still look, 11 points is big, but he's still at 58. Right. So, not hating on him, just giving you the realities there. If you had a choice between Brees Hall, who is 65, who's 65 yeah. or Javante Williams, take Brees Hall. And that's even with Dalvin Cook, etc. And moving on to Brees Hall, I saw a lot being made on Twitter. Well, look, Brees Hall is practicing before Dalvin Cook. Shoulder, yeah. yeah. First of all, Dalvin Cook hasn't even moved there or flown in yet. <laughs> Second of all, do you really is do you think this was a surprise to the Jets that Brees Hall was coming off PUP? I mean, when they signed Dalvin Cook, they already knew Brees Hall was coming off PUP. Correct. And part of it is the same reason I just say, well, let's just see how he does in practice. We can still put him on injury reserve and still park the spot. But here's the difference. You know, there's a saying, a joke, don't mess with the money makers. You know, and uh, the receivers would say that. And the money makers for the running backs are their legs and their yeah, knees. Right. It's not Dalvin Cook's shoulder. Look, Dalvin Cook finished seasons productively with the torn layroom with a harness. He's coming off the surgery. That's fine. Yeah, he's got to get acclimated to the Jets' offense. That's fine. But health-wise, I'm less worried about Dalvin Cook's shoulder than Brees Hall's knee. Right. So giving me the choice, if there's a, if there's a underdog or prize picks rivals matchup yeah, a rivals, rivals matchup yep. dalvin cook Brees hall you cannot give me enough dalvin cook. give us that yes put it in please <laughs> look uh, if you go to underdog or prize picks sleeper boom it's all on our website you can get a hundred dollar matching put in code sic i don't know that they have that rivals thing up but you guys should i want to see that i want to see that rivals thing uh kind of thing and i would Put all in on Dalvin Cook over Brees And you can Hall. add those rivals thing to your pickums, which is pretty cool. So if you have a bunch of futures that you like too, you add that if they have a rivals that you it's like. It's a you world I'm still learning. Yes. But that would be a fun <laughs> yeah, rivals cool. thing, right? right? It would. Yes, same. absolutely. And another fun one would be P. Ryan versus Javante Williams. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a fun one, yeah. right? Now it seems like they just from looking at the clips, they're trying to use uh, Javante in a more pass-catching role, which is P. Ryan's bread and butter or was with Cincy, so maybe that's... Or Dobbins Edwards. You guys talked about that earlier that's with uh, Kevin. You can put that little rivals up as I'll well. I'll take the ADP thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, ADP was good. Yes. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah, that's a reasonable, fair thing. I was yeah. trying to say, I draft from 16, yeah. draft from 6. How about 2 to 1 yards yeah. or something, right? I yes. mean, I mean, uh, if I'm even in the stratosphere of a 6-round pick, I was... Edwards is a 16. You need yeah. a little plus spread on that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do a rivals, but I need <laughs> yeah. what? 
three to one odds yeah, or something. You need the extra 200 yeah. yards on Edward's side, maybe. Yeah, uh, or if it was rivals heads up, I got to get plus 300. Yeah, right, or say, something. plus two or three. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 16th round versus the sixth round. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's interesting just seeing on Twitter the, the narrative around certain guys. I mean, especially coming off ACLs and. I mean, Taylor wouldn't know it besides being around for the past couple of seasons. Like, oh, this guy looks so explosive, so explosive. And it's like, that's not really the litmus test of if he's back. Back in your head, you're hearing like, is he running straight? Yeah. <laughs> that's always what I think of. No, no one's saying these like, guys aren't incredible athletes that can achieve 26 miles an hour straight head. But They're it's, all recovering better than we are. But yeah. to go to the NFL. Well, 26 yeah. is a lot, that, but 23. Ballpark. <laughs> 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 even in the Brees Hall video that I've seen, yeah, he looks great. The dude is an NFL athlete. Of course he looks great. Right. But compared to other NFL athletes, it's not a track meet. It's not high-end speed. It's how quickly you can get to high-end speed, how quickly you can cut and decelerate and change directions and make people miss. It's not just a big hole and you run straight ahead. Right. But even then, it's not high-end speed acceleration. There's a big difference, right? Like my electric car has great acceleration, doesn't have great high-end speed. I think it tops out at 85. Right. Or they put, there's a governor <laughs> at 85, right? So any any uh, you know sports car, Lamborghini, any sport Porsche is going to kill my Tesla on high-end speed. Right. But off right. the line, that Tesla is going to win yeah. because it's electric. And running backs, it's more important, not high-end speed, it's how you accelerate and decelerate and cut. And so to throw out a number like Brees Hall hit 23, yeah, he's a great athlete, but don't see it. Yeah. Right? There's other moves in the bag. I mean, if he doesn't have the, the stop-and-go move, I mean, that's you see that in every running back clip. That's one of the best moves. And moving laterally, it's straight ahead is not the issue. So it's just... I think it's a good reminder that our, our info isn't static. I mean, we upgraded Michael Thomas last year ahead of the season. We jumped him like close to 15, 18 points, I think it was. He still was. He had a game or two, yeah. and then he went back to Michael Thomas of, of new, I guess. Yeah. Of not, recent. Yeah, not yeah. old, yes. It's just, just a good example that we're, we're tracking everything that happens in the preseason as we do during the regular weeks and stuff and, like and that. And we're so. open. Look, The numbers are fluid, right? Yeah, right, we're yeah. open to getting new information and changing uh, the thoughts. We're not deleting stuff, but just when we put out a six scores of that day, that time, and, and if there's new information, of course, there's no reason not to upgrade and be more accurate. But remember right now, those scores you see are for the season, like for a fantasy draft or for a futures pick. They're going to flip very soon for week one, right? And so don't be shocked if there's even a drop in – because some of these guys were expecting them to do better at the end of the season. So don't be surprised if they drop week one. That's just their week one score versus what their week 10 score might be. And the current scores are for what we think is for the season. Yeah, and interesting going into drafts, fantasy football season is upon us. So all the mock drafts and stuff, not saying don't take Brees Hall. We're saying don't take Brees Hall to rely on him week one through 14 or week one through 16, whatever it goes. If you're drafting them for a week 10 through 16, it might be a great pick wherever you pick them up. Sure, but that would mean all 8, 10, or 12, or whoever other people didn't say, yeah. oh, he's fallen below his ADP. I'm going to take him. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's he's got to fall 
I mean, right now you're not getting them where you want to get them right now. If that's where you're, the plan yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, if you're trying to just yeah. for a late season, I don't think you're getting them there. Yeah, someone's going to take them before you. And so, Brees Hall was never going to be on my radar screen. He wasn't going to fall low enough for a stash to, yeah. to 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 do that. But you know, we talked earlier. Gus Edwards did. Yeah. I mean, uh, because second year off ACL and because he's behind J.K. Dobbins. And this, when I was looking at that, I saw the dot 10 instead of the 16 and i said the 10th round i was like wow that's kind of high i was thinking <laughs> to myself i drafted him to start no it's 16th round mm-hmm. yeah I drafted yes. him as a, a depth as a, piece a depth yeah. piece stash mm-hmm. uh, insurance for behind jk dobbins etc that 16 made sense to me when i first was reading it 10 maybe it was my eyesight i was like that seems oh, high. the numbers are small it's not just you yeah, yeah but i was like oh, that's <laughs> high i mean I, I really draft him 10th i don't mm-hmm. think that much of it <laughs> 16th i could live with right? that's where the value was at 16 yeah i want to t- touch on another trend we're seeing in the preseason it seems like a lot of uh preseason games that guys are getting taken off on neck neck boards obviously great news that isaiah bolden and john wolford have moving in the extremities checked out of the hospital all that stuff um but is is that just something is that a microcosm of it's happening more or is it kind of demar hamlin effect people are being extra cautious i, I don't know what to make of it it seems like it's happened more often this preseason than i've seen I think it's small sample size. Could it be happening more? Maybe. I'm not against it happening because better safe than sorry. You don't want to mess around with it. Um, I think DeMar Hamlin was different, though. Maybe there's more attention now. I mean, I think we did all before DeMar Hamlin get a little bit numb to, all right, so they went off on a spine board. What's the big deal? But that's what I was saying during that game. There's a difference between I went off on a spine board. Most people have seen that and known the outcome can be good. No one has ever seen CPR, yeah. someone pumping on their chest. On the field. Different. Yeah. That's different. Now, is there an additional effect now where they go, well, we don't want a DeMar Hamlin because they don't realize the comparison, and that's why they called a preseason game? Yeah, maybe, and that's not bad. It's preseason. It's, nobody really cares, right? I mean, I guess people who had wagers on the game care. They got their... <laughs> refund or someone was winning whatever their totals yeah. or the over or whatever i don't know what the books did with it. i'd have to stuff. think the books did the right thing and just voided them but well knows? but what if you were winning no there's there is a there's people mad because i believe one of the teams was winning and they were like plus 124 oh, i think wow. maybe um philly godfather one of the people you i think i saw him <laughs> tweet about it because yeah i think he should have got paid out for it and people were just voiding it yeah but so is it happening more but maybe and and let me Let's just take a few minutes to talk about this. We talked about this offline. In my NFL career for 17 years, whether I was lucky, I don't think I was a cowboy. I only put one player on a spine board. Not because I was trying to be unsafe, but I recognize the emotional toll it takes on the player their family watching on TV, their teammates, right, and the people in general. So I didn't ever take it lightly to put someone on a spine board and a collar. I wasn't afraid to do so. So all I did was try and take the extra step of what they would do in the emergency room for a clearance and just give them a chance, not unsafely, but because what I do. I remember one game early in my career, we were in Dallas. And Hall of Famer DeMarcus Ware went down. 
I can talk about it because I wasn't treating DeMarcus Ware. I right. mean, if I were treating him, it'd be a different story. Observer. And I don't know what happened, but the doctor, a very good doctor, was cautious, put him on a spine board. It's a big deal. And Dallas is one of the few teams that has a spine surgeon on the sidelines. The To this day, they still as well? For the most part, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone does. Mm -hmm. And the head team physician is more than capable of deciding to put someone on a spine board. So I'm not questioning him at all. He's a very good guy, very good doctor. He doesn't need a spine specialist on the side to tell, tell him. him. To, yeah, yeah. But how serious is it or worried is it if the spine guy didn't come out and even look at him right, until yeah. the spine, right? So I looked at that. That was precautionary. And thankfully it was. DeMarcus Ware ended up being okay. But it was a very tight, hard-fought game. Mm -hmm. It was 10-10 at the time. And DeMarcus Ware was their dog. Yeah. And when your guy goes down and we saw it with our losing streak with the chargers after Chris Dealman had his concussion. Mm -hmm. We went a tailspin losing streak. He was the biggest, baddest man on our team. As a matter of fact, we should get Chris on yeah. the podcast here. So everybody's like, if he goes down, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. look after Norarcus, where were they? Boom, boom. We scored a touchdown 17, 10 yep. and we ended up winning the game. And, and there's an effect on the team. Now I never am for being dangerous. Look, the Patriots were affected by Bolden, right? And that's why they felt like, you know, and it's an effect on families and players and teams. Because of respect for that, I didn't take it lightly. Now, I get why you would put someone on it. If there's a 0.1% chance of an issue, put them on the spine board. But I just try to clear them. The one time, I won't say who, because I don't have permission per se, but it was in Cincinnati. And when I first got out to him, I remember it was on the far sideline. He said, I couldn't feel my hands, both hands. And I said, can you now? He goes, yeah, I can now, but I couldn't when it first happened. I was like, you're on a spine board, my friend. And so the funny thing is, I didn't think about this till I retold the story to you guys. I've actually didn't, I've never sent a guy on a spine board to the hospital. Now I've done X games and all these other stuff. So maybe I've been in the trenches. Even that guy didn't go to the hospital. You want to know why? Cincinnati to this day, unless there's something that slipped in that I know of, right. and I'm talking in the stadium, not across the street, like the Patriots across the street and Kansas city. There's a hospital across the parking lot in the physical stadium of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. There is an MRI machine. It's the only one in the NFL. Every stadium is required to have an x-ray facility. None are required to have an MRI. And people say, why not? It's the NFL. Put one in there. First of all, MRI machines cost a lot of money, but the NFL makes a lot of money. Put one in there. Not even Dallas? Not even Dallas. Unless it changed. Right. I mean, forever. That's no. That's what Taylor's furiously typing away, <laughs> finding out. But here's the thing. MRI, that MRI machine in the Bengal Stadium is open seven days a week. Dallas and Cincinnati are the only two teams that have MRI um, scanners in their stadium. Dallas has one now. Yeah, they, they did have, not yes, when I yes, was there. Yes. Okay. And... It's open to the public. Wow. Not on Sunday afternoons, but <laughs> yeah, that's how they, not. it's, yeah. it's they a business that generates yes. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we put him in the MRI machine and the MRI cleared him. And then we took him out of the collar and he flew home with us. Wow. So he didn't even go to the hospital. Yeah. So to me, I only sent someone to the hospital and said, this guy needs a CT scan or an MRI and we don't have one here. Right. 
this one was he needs at least a CT scan, maybe an MRI. Is to, but we have one here, so let's just get the MRI here, and then once the MRI was clear, we can take him out of his collar kind of deal, and he can fly home with us. So that was the only one. But I don't blame any of the doctors. When yeah. you see a – and we can talk about this another time. I forget how many – 40 or was it $50 million judgment on that long snapper right. in Philadelphia for a knee scope? I mean – Team doctors have to be like, wait a minute. Man, that's know, a big my, my med mal coverage is caps at two million. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm not taking any risk in terms of what's happening. So I don't blame them and I don't ever blame anyone. You've heard seen me on Twitter. I don't ever say I do say I think he's gonna be okay, but right. it's good to have precaution often. Thankfully, I want to say that as much as possible, right? But I'm not criticizing anyone for putting them in the spine board. I wasn't there to to be there in the situation, that Dallas situation. I'm not critical of the doctor for doing that at all. But it does take a toll on a team, mental toll. You got to yeah. remember these guys are humans, right. and uh, it's their brethren. It's a it's a big deal. It's one thing when I mean, take I don't know any disease. Any cancer, you hear about a stranger, you feel for him, but it's different than if it's someone you know yeah. or a friend. Uh, a COVID anything is different when it's someone's grandma or your grandma versus, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. It's just different. And when it happens, it's more personal. And so it is a big deal, I think, mentally. No, I think it might be just part of the cultural shift, too, from your time in the NFL to now. There's a big emphasis on concussions. So head and neck makes sense to be cautious about both. I mean... Sure. I mean, we've been in the room here. Remember that one time we saw a guy get carted off the field and he returned to play? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Remember that? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, it happens. I mean, yeah. It, it happens. Don't, don't don't always believe the cart. The cart doesn't signify significance, especially in preseason. Don't judge the cart by camp. the injury. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, what do we always say? Judge the injury, not the reaction right. to the right. injury. Yes. And the slamming the helmet is the reaction to the injury, not the injury. The cart is the reaction to the injury, not the injury. So judge the injury mechanism, not the reaction to the injury. Right. I just want to say what, what all the latest on uh, Sick Insights. We're following the last uh, week of preseason and uh, training camp, of course, and then the big buildups of season. So be exciting times. We're, we're looking to field views, looking at some week one matchups already. So, yeah. Well, you probably had more things to talk about here. It seems like I sort of went on a diatribe and hijacked the important stuff. <laughs> we love the diatribes. Yes, hijacked the <laughs> yeah. the, the the rundown. Save of my the questions show for here. next week. Save yes. it for next week. <laughs> but still, uh, look, uh, Labor Day weekend's a big weekend. Um, and then, uh, what do you want for a guest next week? We'll figure it out. We have got so many. I feel like now. There's not enough weeks to get them all in. So yeah, now we're like that's, that's always how it goes. <laughs> Might be just one more, one more left, right? Because the next one's practice sports on Monday. Yeah, so yeah, well then, then you know, then we're into the the season, and then uh, we don't want to do more than forty five minutes hour max. Yeah, we don't want we don't have time. And it's for us. Guests. Yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Kevin Walsh, NFL, for coming on and joining us. I think we're gonna have some fun. We'll see about Cleveland if I go or not. <laughs> I think people want to go meet him and go yeah. outside. They don't care about me, so yeah. it'll be all right. Um, Ohio locals, so. Ohio lo yeah, whatever. I don't know about locals, though. I mean, I'm telling you, those Jets fans, they'll drive to Ohio to get a sideline in an NFL drive. game. I mean, and, and I think a lot of people will. Like, you know, It's not often you get a chance to be on the sideline of it. Yes, an NFL absolutely. game. So I think that'll be a fun promotion. And I know you guys have some other promotions coming up. Yeah. Free stuff, money. contest, money winning, this, that, the other, as we uh, really do it. And 
if you did, missed last week's podcast, check it out. There'll be our new features on there, SICscore.com. And yes, we are on TikTok and YouTube and all these cool kid channels and Instagram. I don't do too much on it. Everyone else does. <laughs> Repurposes stuff. No more newspaper, right? Well, it's still yeah. around. They still get delivered. Uh, Small towns. We're uh, not in it. Small towns. About it. Okay, final <laughs> diatribe. Yes. <laughs> the reason why Twitter is the medium for us, or X, or whatever you want to call it. It's Twitter, always. Okay. <laughs> you're here. <laughs> You're getting get off my I'm, lawn. I'm not letting, you know. I'm not letting Elon yeah, dictate right. okay. what I'm saying. Wait. So, anyone this way, back in the Pony Express days, <laughs> what was the way people got news? Uh, I don't know. Horseback, Town Crier, Horseback, <laughs> magazines. Uh, oh, true. Pony Express. I thought okay. they like delivered the mails with the ponies. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I'm making that up with ponies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but see, Time Magazine and Newsweek. Yep. Used to deliver the news of the week of the week and the analysis. <laughs> yeah, and newspapers killed them. Yep, yep. I can't you're wait. You're I can't wait five days yes. to yes. see Newsweek. Yep, yep. So they had to be more features, right? That's the way I look at it. Yeah. No, I wasn't around when <laughs> magazines were the source of news. But I'm we're just... going to tell your kids that though. Yellow, yeah. yellow journalism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why is it got to be yellow? <laughs> but we learn in school. joking 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 okay strike that edit that out edit that out okay then what killed newspapers the radio internet a radio no film film at 11 Mm. you didn't need you didn't need to wait till the morning you got film at 11 yeah you don't have to wait till the vapor here right okay You, you don't have to wait till the morning film at 11 yep what killed local news? Well, news? It took longer because they tried to adopt the internet too, but internet. Yeah. 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 Internet is faster than film at 11. Right. Yeah. What killed the internet for news? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Aggregation of the news. Look, yeah. Yep. In order to write it. Okay. For me, tweeting about injury, boom. For us to write an article about the injury takes time. Yep. Right. So gosh, if there was a, fire or hurricane or god forbid another school shooting what are the first reports twitter twitter always and the internet is referring to twitter accounts yeah so twitter now breaks the news that's what trump has said right i mean whatever not to be political but that's why as kevin walsh noted we're on twitter we're breaking news of opinions in game or meaning post game quick twitch and that's why twitter is the Still the X, whatever it is, the news medium. Nothing's coming around to beat how if quickly you get there's the new yeah. instant. Now, it's not as accurate. It's not curated. No, definitely not. It's yeah. not <laughs> coming from the Washington Post or New York Times or LA Times or whatever. Right. It's not curated. So buyer beware, reader beware, uh, you know. But it is the initial source of a lot of news mm-hmm. is now Twitter. And then it gets verified and it gets verified and then it becomes the internet, the internet and yes. then the internet becomes, no, no, no. but the quickest, <laughs> if something like we're in California, earthquake happens, the quickest news is Twitter. Yep. It's not the internet. And if you Google the internet, a lot of times it takes you to Twitter posts. Yeah. I, I think I would feel it first, but no, but, I, the, I but then if you're like, did you, did everyone else feel <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, you yeah. go to Twitter and look. 
Yes. <laughs> well, look, if you, if you go, oh, there was a, was that an earthquake? You go to internet, you go to Twitter, you go to Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, You're so. not sending an email. Saying, yeah. yeah. Taylor's different. Yeah. He's like, I felt it, and that's all I need to know. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it was just a car driving by. Yeah, here, exactly. Right? <laughs> a truck driving by. All right. Uh, off the rails here. Thank you for watching, and, uh, you know, good luck with your upcoming fantasy drafts, and check out the fantasy toolkit at SICscore.com. Thanks.